Hey guys, welcome back to the Weeboo Podcast. This is episode 15. Today, we're going to be talking about a show we've been discussing on and off for maybe about the two past two months or so, and that show is Sunny Boy. I also want to talk about some other things that are going on in our lives, you know, what we're seeing with anime. There's been a bunch of, I would say, big episodes out that happened and events this week, and we're going to touch on that maybe in the later end. But I think to start off, we're really going to just jump into Sunny Boy. But before we do that, Chris... How are you doing? Pretty good. Um, took a lot out of me to watch Sunny Boy during this week. I probably had one of the busiest days or busiest weeks of work. And as a result, I had to kind of work to like 9 p.m. or something like each each day this week. And I was like, all right, I got, I got to grind out Sunny Boy, man. It's, it's 9.30 p.m. My brain is fried. I got to just grind this out. I couldn't do like the whole note taking thing for the last two episodes or something. I was just like, you know, what? I'm just going to enjoy the last two episodes. Screw it. I'm not going to take any notes anymore. But I sacrificed my time playing Elden Ring this entire week to watch this show. I did not touch Elden Ring once this week because I was like, I need to watch Sunny Boy or else Pat's going to destroy me on the podcast. So I did my job. That's pretty. That's pretty funny because Elden Ring is very popular right now. I mean, a lot of people are playing it. I see a lot of memes about you know you think you're at the end and you're not. You're not there yet. Um, I I don't play it. I don't have time. But do you like it overall? I mean, was it was your time at the end of this week? Did you say would you rather have played Elden Ring or was Sunny Boy worth the watch? I think I'll get into the Sunny Boy situation as we kind of talk to talk about it. But for me personally, I do think Sunny Boy was worth watching. But if anyone told me Sunny Boy was not worth watching, I would totally understand where they're coming from because it's it's a very complicated show. It doesn't necessarily click with everyone, I think, that watches the show. So, you know, if someone was going to tell me they hated Sunny Boy, yeah, like I could totally see that. On the other hand, Elden Ring is like Breath of the Wild in a sense. So from that aspect, you might like you might like Elden Ring if you play it because it's an open world game, super, super, super good open world game. It's not Pokemon Arceus open world status. It's like an actually really completed open world. And then the other other thing about it is that it's really difficult. So like, you know how like Breath of the Wild used to have like a master mode? It's that like times a thousand. <laughs> so it's a really challenging game that forces you to kind of like learn to actually play the game because at a certain point in breath of the wild you get too op and then you could kind of just hack and slash everyone and that's it but then with elden ring there's always like a new boss or a new challenge that you really can't beat unless you do it like 30 40 50 times or something some some people i think take like 100 times like i was talking to one of my friends he was saying that it took him eight hours in an entire day on like a Saturday to try to beat a boss and they didn't even beat it and they went to sleep and they were like I spent eight hours trying to beat this boss and I didn't get anywhere so in that sense I think you would get super tilted and then you might hate the game but it makes it more interesting because it actually poses like a challenge rather than you just like farming things and then just killing everything in one shot if that makes sense no, I mean, I think that makes complete sense. I was actually having this conversation um, actually this week about it with a couple friends. And we were kind of talking about the difference in how some people like playing very skill-heavy games where it takes a lot of effort to learn the correct skills, learn the correct movesets to win and achieve, um, you know, the level or the bo- beat the boss. 
Others like grinding. They like, you know, just grinding out, putting the time in, the effort in. Then they can see their characters get better with time versus there are some games that doesn't matter how long you play, you just might not get that skill set that some maybe... I actually think there's a talent to it. I think people who play a lot of those very skill-heavy games uh, might naturally be better at. But everyone likes different types of games, and I think both have a very stable place. Um, it's just interesting to see how Elden Ring is actually so popular considering it's so... I want to say skill-heavy. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't play it, but just from what I see, it just seems very difficult. I don't necessarily think like Elden Ring is the most skillful game, but the thing I think that's important in Elden Ring is every time you make a mistake or you lose, you have to learn something from it. So if you don't like like trying to make like adjustments, it's almost like sports, right? You like you you lose a game, you have to make an adjustment going to the next game, like especially if you're in like the playoffs and you're playing a seven game series against the same team over and over again, you make these like small adjustments to hopefully get you the win the next time. So it's kind of similar to that, I think conceptually. But I do think the existence of Lost Ark, I don't know if you've heard of Lost Ark, but it's a a new MMO that came out, I think, back in January or February. I don't remember uh, which one exactly, but it's a more hack and slash like you play with your friends, you grind it out, but there is no real challenge. There is a challenge because there's like an end game that comes with it and it does get difficult towards the end. But uh, until you get to the end game, it's more so like you're like farming stuff. And I think that caters more so for like the casual players who don't want to do the challenging stuff. But Elden Ring on the opposite, on the other hand, is a very like well-made open world game. And if people like open world, plus if people like, I don't know, like I guess in open world, like you could do whatever you want. So like you can find things that you like within the game. So I think that might be why it's appealing. Not every game can be adapted to open world, in my opinion. Do you think you really like how this has kind of taken place with Elden Ring? I don't know if you feel the same way, but for me, like up until now, my still favorite like gameplay experience was Breath of the Wild when I played it back like five years ago or something. Like I was obsessed with Breath of the Wild and how that game felt as an open world game was so refreshing slash like new. I think Elden Ring kind of sets like a new standard of that. Not in that, it's significantly different than Breath of, Wild, Breath of the Wild, but they just execute it really, really well. So I think if there's more games that are executed to the level of Elden Ring is or what Breath of the Wild was five years ago, then I would love to see that. But I'm not like, I don't I don't think, like you said, every single game should be like that because like there's like JRPG, which is its own category or like action RPGs or MMOs, etc. that should stay within that category because... People just like the gameplay of it, and it provides a more unique experience. Right, right. I mean, I'm still debating if I want to jump into it. Uh, I haven't really convinced myself if I should or not, but I mean, it seems like a good game regardless, so I'm glad you found something. I definitely think you would like Lost Ark more than you would like Elden Ring, because I do think you would get tilted from Elden Ring, (laughs) if I had to guess. Lost Ark is more like hack and slash farming and like you could play with friends since it's an MMO. Any game where when you die, you have to redo a lot tilts me. I just get tilted beyond belief. 
The thing is, though, with Elden Ring, you don't have to redo a lot because it just spawns you right in front of the boss again. And you just have to keep walking in and out. But the other thing is, there are some things like within the story that you have to get through. So like there's a set of bosses that you have to get through in order to get through the main story. But a lot of the other ones, you could actually just like walk around or just completely ignore. Or if you can't beat it, you're just like, all right, on to the next one. Screw it. I'm not dealing with this crap. Right. So so like I played Breath of the Wild to completion and there was one event. I think you had to like do something on an island. But every time you died, you lost everything. You had to like restart. I don't remember if it was die or take damage. I don't know if you ever did this quest. I probably didn't. I didn't play to completion. I probably got to like 80% or I was so tilted for like half a day playing that Zelda quest where it's like you I forget if it was you can't take damage or you can't die. But you have no armor. You just basically land on the island by yourself and you're supposed to like complete the challenge with basically you have to go find your weapons, find your shields and, and whatnot. And that that was just so tilting. Yeah, I mean, that won't happen to you in Elden Ring. So like in that sense, I don't think you'll get tilted. I think you might just get frustrated that you can't beat a boss for a long time. But at the same time, like, it's a good challenge, I think. Maybe you haven't played a game that's like cha- this challenging because I, I don't think you play the Dark Souls either because I haven't played the Dark Souls. And then, yeah, the only thing you lose when you lose to a boss is, is money, but then money is like way too easy to farm. Got it. Yeah, I, I haven't played anything very difficult as of late. i um, been kind of sticking to Genshin Impact and Pokemon. <laughs> hey, Genshin's still really popular. Yep, take my money. Take my money. <laughs> Mihoyo's just sucking up my credit card. But, okay. Um, yeah, why don't we just jump into Sunny Boy then? Uh, we kind of went on a tangent there. Let me hear your thoughts. I know you just finished it. You binged it. You probably have a better grasp on the story than I do, um, especially because I watched it in sections. I didn't really go back and, you know, rewatch certain episodes just to figure out what was going on. But I know you took some notes. You were more detailed into it. So, yeah. Give, what do you think? Yeah, I think Sunny Boy's kind of broken down into sections almost similar to the way you watched it, but you probably don't watch it cleanly within those sections. But I try to kind of gather my thoughts in terms of like what the themes are. And before like I go into it, like I, I want to talk about it in detail. So, you know, spoiler warning, if you don't want to be spoiled on Sunny Boy, just kind of move to the next section of the podcast. But at the same time, if you drop Sunny Boy at some point, it might be just good to just get the spoilers so that you know what to expect. Because I do think at any point if you stop within the show, you just don't know what to expect from, from the show. I think the beginning, though, of Sunny Boy... And I'm sure a lot of people watch this part, at least, is a lot of world building, a lot of setting, setting up the world that they've kind of drifted into and also just like getting used to characters. What I thought was really interesting of this part was it's not a complete reset like we see with some of the other stories that are similar to this, like Lord of the Flies or the Drifting Classroom that we just talked about off the podcast. But these other stories kind of have like, a free-for-all setting like it's completely a survival setting where there's no rules in place but with sunny boy the original world that they drift into or this like realm or universe that there's in still has minimum rules and that's shown like in episode one when cap has the i don't think he has the ability but he demonstrates the ability to 
do the batsa, which is like you get penalized for doing something wrong or you get penalized for um, like kind of acting against human morals. And I think in episode two, they introduced like the idea of like equivalent exchange for my alchemist kind of concept here. But you can't steal. You can't take something from another person without giving something back or else it like burns into flames. So another concept that's like the bare minimum of like human morales, right? Like you can't necessarily do, um, you can't be like do anything and then not get penalized. There's like a law in place and you can't steal or you can't just take some something from someone else without providing them like money or something in return. In, in return. And then another concept I think like in terms of like human morales that's like introduced like throughout the show is like the concept of death, which is really weird in, in Sunny Boy because you basically have like a forever life to live you there's been situations where people try to commit suicide but they weren't able to do so because the world world didn't allow them to i thought like that the first section of sunny boy is like all this like setup of like kind of establishing the minimum morals or rules that sunny boy has to offer so i'll stop there for the first part i mean it's i i i like how you touched on these human morals um and I do agree that Sunny Boy, to some extent, really does focus a lot on, you know, you can apply it to, I guess, a lot of items that are going on in the world today, a lot of topics, a lot of themes, you know, political tension and, and laws, right? Um, no one is really above the law, or that's how we would ideally like to live in a utopia. Obviously, we know in the real world, um, things aren't always like that. And that's kind of the corruption that we see in the real world. And and maybe Sunny Boy does have uh, some importance in that that's what it's trying to relay to viewers. And in that sense, it's very deep if you're going to take it that far, which I think is a very you know valid way to look at Sunny Boy. Um, especially in the beginning sense is in a new world, who's going to establish the, the rules? And I know we talk about Lord of the Flies a lot. It's very similar to that initial start, right? where you're on an island and someone has to set some type of rule because without rules, there's chaos. And with chaos, there's there's no law and order. And and that's an interesting part about Sunny Boy. And that's what I really liked. Um, speakly, strictly speaking from the beginning, the first few episodes of Sunny Boy, I think maybe on this podcast a while back, I even said that I loved the first few episodes of Sunny Boy. I thought it was awesome. Um, I loved how they, they started the show. I really liked that that change, um, kind of going drifting into that new world and really having no idea what was going on in those first couple episodes. And I thought that beginning was was brilliant from an animation standpoint, from a story standpoint. And I like what you touched on there. Is is I agree with hundred percent that Sunny Boy is very deep in some of those takeaways that you can get in those first couple episodes. Of course, when you're watching it, it's not something that really comes to your mind. I don't think you watch it and say, oh, yeah, you know, that's what's going on in the world today. Like, uh, I love how they're talking about rules and laws because you don't you don't see that at first. Right. I mean, maybe you do, but I definitely don't have the brain power to watch anime, read the subtitles and also understand <laughs> what's going on in the world. It's hard to see initially, but kind of doing the comparison with the Lord of the Flies, what's different, I think, between the two is in the Lord of the Flies the kids that are kind of transported to an island or not transported, but they're stranded in on the island set rules by themselves. Right. But in Sunny Boy, the difference is that there is a higher being that 
they have kind of identified and can hear some of the voices from them. And those are the people that are setting the rules for them. It's really similar to like religion in a sense. And I don't want to get into like the whole religion story, but then there's a higher being that has set the bare minimum of morals and rules for these humans to live in within this world. And it's pretty much what the real world is like. Right. And it's like a direct comparison to that. Like you, just because you got transported to a a different world doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're above all that. But I also thought kind of going to like the next set of themes, what I thought was interesting with Sunny Boy was they kind of maintained some modern norm normalcy in the sense, because for whatever reason, when they drift to this other world, their phones still work. So that kind of keeps the idea of like social media or messaging channels or like technology within the realm of the story. There's also like other concepts that are within like the real world that they introduced throughout the beginning, like six episodes or so, which is like something as simple as having baseball or sports, right? Like there's a sense of something that's kind of translated or something that's been built upon and then they're still playing the game and they can like kind of relate to it they also kind of kind of touch on the concept of like hikikomori which is like you're kind of like shed in and then you're you want to like stay in your house basically the entire time so then like i think it was like episode three or four i don't remember which one it was exactly but some of these students kind of like enter like a they basically freeze and then turn black because they're in this like room by themselves, like doing whatever they want to do. And that's almost like they're like taking themselves out of the society. So are like pause in the real world, right? Like they're pause in the, the drifted world, but within the, their own world, they're within this room working out, playing games, etc. because that's how they would choose to live. But with the outside world, they're, they're paused. And I think that like the last thing, which is very similar is in the world of sunny boy you're straight up defined by your powers like people look up to you if you have a strong power if you have a weak power they don't they kind of just trash on you right they insult you and make fun of you that's exactly how the real world is right you're essentially defined by our successes right now so if you go out and make a company people will look up to you if you go out and do nothing with their life people will trash on you like it's a sad part of how we live but it's very much existent and what comes from that is like looking for leadership looking for a leader and that's exactly how it goes in some of these like survival stories as well where people need to find someone to look up to in order to find direction in their life and i feel like these two a combination of these two things in the first like six seven episodes or so sets up the world for sunny boy like one you have a bare minimum of rules that you need to live by and then two, there actually isn't that much different from the original world that you came from. So when you say different from the world that you they came from, in that sense, do you mean, you know, the basic way people interact with each other hasn't changed? Yeah. So in The Lord of the Flies, right, you have nothing like you're basically stripped bare bones on this island to survive. Like you do not have a phone. You do not have um these resources you do not have amazon that delivers you copies of certain things but sunny boy sets these normal kind of things that you live with and provides it to you so that you could essentially live right but what comes with that is 
like the problems that we're faced with in the current world now using phones like you're always digested or like you're always digesting new information from phones you're kind of strapped to it your attention span isn't elsewhere you're looking to fit into the group you're trying to communicate with others like through group chats if you're not if you don't have a phone i think like nagara doesn't have a phone at the beginning like you kind of viewed as as like what the hell why don't you have a phone like you need to communicate with us through this like line group channel or whatever um that's still normal right but like in the lord of the flies for example that's not normal it's you don't have these resources you're actually just trying to survive it's almost like a battle royale where at the end of the day like you do whatever it takes in order to survive but in sunny boy it's not necessarily they don't want it to be a battle royale right it's not a survival game it's what how do people and humans interact if they're faced with a different situation or if they're in a situation that they're like uncomfortable with so i think what the writer and like the director and the producers were trying to do essentially was they didn't want it to be viewed as a survival game so they kept certain things in order to make it more of like a social interaction or like a social experiment to see how humans change in different like situations so that's that's why i thought what the world building was doing at the beginning of the the story Right. And and I think they do a good job at distinguishing that very early on. This isn't a survival anime. This isn't about, you know, survival of the fittest. It's about human in interactions in a new kind of a new world and how you go about establishing, you know, the laws of that world. And that I think is very clear cut. I don't think there are too many questions when people watch this. They're not going to say they're not going to probably disagree with that. Maybe they will. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But I think the middle of the show, right, once we start getting past the first three, four episodes, I feel like that's, for me, is where things get confusing. Um, And that's where I think people have differing opinions on whether or not Sunny Boy is a good anime, a great anime, or just a confusing anime. I don't want to call it bad, but I think for some, a lot of the negative reviews do come from, you know, a lot of lost ability to follow the show and that's personally sometimes where i fell while watching is i was a bit lost um i didn't really understand the the ape story i mean i kind of got it but i also kind of didn't um i mean maybe i can pull some some learnings but i just feel like i'm reaching there with with that ape in the baseball story i don't know how you felt about some of those you know some of those um kind of off side stories or if they help for you helped tie the show together helped add to that mysterious part of the show but for me i i felt some sense of you know being a little lost at times i think the middle part of the show is really complex and i went into it without trying to tie everything together in that if i try to tie every single episode together into like let, let me just like try to map it in my head in terms of where are they? What world do they transport to? Who are these new characters? Why, like, why have they been here for so long when Nagara's only been here for X amount of days, etc.? Like, when you get stuck in that, I think you kind of get in this like endless cycle of confusion in Sunny Boy, especially in the middle, and that makes it difficult to kind of digest the show, in my opinion. So what I really did was like, I took episode for episode. I looked at each episode as I was watching it and just try to understand like what the writer was trying to tell me 
or what the director was trying to tell us. And thematically, like what I got from it, from Sunny Boy, is in the end, I think it's like a story about choice in a sense, like human choice. Like we all have the right to make decisions at any point in our life. And the ape story that you mentioned is, I think, my least favorite part of the show because I don't really get it either. But in the middle part of the story, there was a story about the Tower of Babel, which was probably one of my favorite episodes because it's really interesting on how they kind of portray the world slash like portray humans. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember it. Do you remember the Tower of Babel story? Uh, was that the one they're building it? Yeah, they're trying to like build this tower to try to get closer to heaven. Correct. Yep. Yep. Right. But then in that story, what's interesting is like the person that kind of controls the 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 world in a sense that this like Tower of Babel exists in has flipped the world upside down. So by essentially like walking down, they're like kind of getting closer to like building it instead of like going up which is like pretty funny. But in the original Tower of Babel story, what happens is these people are coming together in order to like build a tower to get closer to heaven. But then God in the middle of it says, stop it. Like, I'm going to like, like you guys shouldn't be doing that essentially. So then the people, he creates different languages. People start to communicate in different languages and they can no longer communicate and they can't understand each other. So while they're in the middle of like creating this tower, they get they there's like a form of divide that's built by that like severing of communication but in this story instead of dividing the people what's happening is they have one set goal of creating this tower and they kind of come together to build this tower because they over kind of like look the whole situation where they know they're being lied to in terms of like this tower and where where it's going what the purpose of it is but without that sense of purpose or without that goal in mind there would be like no unity within within the people right so then they kind of overlook that situation they know for a fact that the situation is a lie but then they don't speak out against it so they could kind of maintain the unity and the uh, cohesiveness of the group so it's completely flipped from the original tower of Babel story where there's like a complete divide amongst the people and then in this situation, they're, they're really like trying to find a, find a goal. But in the end, right, it's about their choice, what, where they find meaning with their life, even when their life in the end may be meaningless. And also like choosing to kind of how to like how to go about it, right? How to go about their, their lives. So like that was one thematic thing that I saw throughout the entire show, um, really just choice throughout the middle of it and also towards the end too and we could get into it in the end but that's why i thought like a lot of these like side stories were kind of trying to convey like what what did these people choose to do in this like new world or drifted world and like how are they like choosing to live their lives essentially i guess that's kind of confusing because in a sense you would have to be familiar do you think you have to be familiar with some of these stories i know you're referencing the tower of babel and yeah, it's pretty ironic to see that, you know, what they're doing is almost counterintuitive to their goal. And in that sense, it's really deep, right? But at the same time, do you feel like Sunny Boy is just a compilation of different life 
I don't know, I wouldn't say problems, but learnings, so to say, that, you know, people have historically talked about, have stories about, and, and just kind of, it's just a mass of all this together um, in one story? Or do you feel like it's actually progressing in a way that the characters are developing and learning as they go? Do you feel some type of character progression and learning, you know, through each of these events? I think there is character progression, but I don't necessarily mean it, think it's growth in a sense. Because in The Lord of the Flies, for example, the characters progress negatively throughout the, the story, right? In the end, I honestly don't remember everything about the, sh- the book, but in the end, the end result was not a positive one. Like they didn't all survive. They didn't create like a whole world that they could live in for forever and ever and ever. And you could kind of see how people react to the Sunny Boy situation. So like one, they could act negatively. Two, they could just like turn a blind eye and then completely ignore the situation and try to just live day to day. Three, you could try to find a solution to get out of it. There are just different ways that I think each character progresses. And it kind of comes back to this like idea of choice to me in in the end because you can choose how to live your life in this separate world or you could be like Nagara and Mizuho and choose to try to go back to the original world or another world right and in the end like people do different things like I think Rajidani decides to stay right like because he likes or he wants to explore and he wants to kind of understand this world a little better but then Nagara chooses a completely different way to live. But as you're living in this world, these decisions kind of stack up little by little in order to make the decision. That's where the character growth is coming from, I think. I do think it's a little com- bit complex in that there needs to be a some stories that you, you need to know about or like some ways to kind of think about it. Like when I watched the Tower of Babel thing, I didn't really correlate it to the Tower of Babel story. Until afterwards, I was like, wait, that was a Tower of Babel because they were trying to build like a Tower to Heaven. But I still got like the same message in that like these people were trying to live their life, trying to find purpose in a world where there is no purpose. And that's actually what really the real world is, right? Like what really is our purpose? I like that. I like that you use that word purpose. And this might be a hot take, but I didn't really like how Nagata progressed over the show. I, I just I just really didn't like it. I really didn't think there was, to me, yeah, there was some character progression. Yes, the characters are, you know, improving. But for the most part, in my eyes, Nagata, for the most part, is just, is just a kid who's still trying to figure himself out, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I actually think the person who, you know, progresses more throughout the show is the, is the Watcher. Uh, the person on our side watching all these stories. If you're, if you're really sitting down and going through um, all of that to, you know, try to find a meeting and you go through this Tower of Babel, this purpose, I think it's something that I took away at least, which was a positive for me. Um, even I have a lot of negatives to also say, but one of the big positives for me was really about that purpose comment that you made. Um, in life, everyone has a purpose, and I think... Doing a having a purpose and having a, a, a goal, whether it's reachable or not, striving to achieve that goal is very important. And when you lose that goal, you sometimes, if you don't have another goal to follow, it's almost like you lose the meaning and you can feel like you have lost the meaning in life. And I think that's evident in that. I think it's the episode where there's the twin brothers, but they're really one guy and they're trying to kill each other or prove who's 
who's better, and then he finally kills him. And then he just realizes after that, like, what is he going to do with his life? Like, his whole life goal was really to just, you know, prove who's the, who's the real one, right? And I thought that was a very interesting episode for me um, in just seeing that how someone can be so so aggressive and passionate towards a goal, but suddenly they achieve that goal. And he didn't necessarily achieve it himself. He had the help of others. Someone else basically just gave him the the cheat code to achieve that goal. And then he just felt kind of lost. And for me, that was that 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 spoke to me uh, very very strongly. I mean, I could totally relate to that feeling. And yeah, it's not deep in like trying to, you know, hurt someone. But the way the story played it out, I I could see what they were trying to show there. And maybe they weren't trying to show that. Maybe this is just what I'm taking away from it. Um, and like we've said before, Sunny Boy, everyone's going to have their own opinion. Everyone's going to have their own take. So I don't think anything we say or someone else listening might think is right or wrong. It's just really what experience did you personally have and, and how do you take that experience and put that into a rating because I personally can't. I can say Sunny Boy was an experience, but I can't really give it a rating. I still don't know to this day what I would rate the show because I'm just so confused overall about the show. But I think you make a good point here because I think the main takeaway of Sunny Boy is your personal growth, not the characters. This isn't no Demon Slayer where we're watching Tanjiro's story unfolds. I don't grow by watching demon slayer i just watch someone else grow right but sunny boy gives you like a new experience where you're actually reflecting on your life as you watch these and going to the that twin or split personality episode exactly like the guy i forgot which one it was so or seiji which is really funny because their name is so seiji which is sausage in japanese which is i think a simple play on words but <laughs> creative is interesting because one like there's like a contrast there already right like how they lived was their 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 meaning in life was to kind of fight against each other and then one lost and then once they lost their purpose they had no reason to live in the tower babel situation they don't have a purpose really and but they choose to live right they just choose to live on a day-to-day basis but without like a meaningful purpose so let me ask you in in life would you say it's better to aimlessly have a purpose with just aimlessly have a purpose rather than no purpose does that make sense i don't know if i phrased that right wander aimlessly with a purpose versus no purpose i'm still not sure how to phrase this but yeah i mean i get your i get what you're trying to get at i think it's interesting because dude, i might i might be like completely jaded and if you're like a listener who's just starting college or something i'm sorry for like ripping your hopes and dreams but to me I actually don't really know what the purpose of life is because we go to work every single day. We do the same thing repeatedly. Like what are we really working for to live every single day? You get money every single day in order to live your life or live one day more. If you don't have money or you don't do these like bare minimums, then you'll starve to death and you'll die. Right. That's just straight up what it is. It to me, because I'm so jaded is it's just an endless cycle of trying to live. And I mean, I've struggled with the idea of like trying to find purpose in every single thing I've done. Like I've tried to be like, Oh yeah. Like what I do for work as a meaning and has some level of purpose, but what, what really is it? Like, 
in the end, what I come back to is this like endless cycle of trying to get by each day. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I don't want to cut you off. I mean, I understand what you're saying. And yeah, this got dark and deep really quick. Or I don't know about dark. It got deep really quick. But maybe something that what you're referring to as well as even in Sunny Boys, life is not everyone's going to have their purpose or know their purpose. Some are the fortunate ones who do. They have a dream and, you know, they, they strive to achieve that their entire life. Others, life is almost like a journey to find that purpose. And it's almost kind of what Nagata is doing, right? His entire 12 episodes is he doesn't understand his purpose or what a purpose even is. And even when it's right in front of him, he can't see it. And to me, you know, that's kind of how we are, right? You go to, like you said, you go to work, you're in cycles and for some, they're, when they when you're doing what you feel like you were destined to do, you're happy with that. Others, you feel like you need to break that cycle. And that's that leap of faith that almost occurs at the end of Sunny Boy. And maybe in that sense, that's the positive and the bright spot of Sunny Boy is that, you know, for those listening who aren't as jaded as Chris over here, there's going to come a time and there's going to come a time in everyone that you're going to think that same thought, like, what am I doing and why am I doing this? And you might not have that answer, but hopefully one day you do. Right. And that's what we all, I think, hope for and dream for, because I think when you have that goal, it changes your perspective, your perception on life. I mean, we were fortunate in growing up as kids to just have simple goals like, you know, make the sports team, make the starting five, you know, play in the game not sit on the bench and then in the real world it's yeah i mean working moving up is one thing in in life but there's always it always feels like you want something more concrete something there and that's the interesting i guess take i have on sunny boy is that it's just not it's like yeah it's good to wander aimlessly it's better than having no purpose but at the end of the day both are bad you really just need to find your purpose and no one else is going to help you find that. And I think for me, going back to Sunny Boy, is when Rajadani kind of says, you guys go on. Like, that. that's not for me anymore. Um, and he says something about, like, he's been living for, like, 2,000 years or something. Time has basically flown differently. And honestly, don't you feel like in life, that's just how sometimes life goes? Sometimes when you're finding your passion, life goes by fast. And when you don't, life feels really slow. Sometimes your day-to-days just feel way too long. And and that isn't a concrete time, right? We all see time the same way. We have a 24-hour day. We have a 365 days a year. But time in that sense is concrete. But to you yourself, time could change very rapidly. It could feel like days before the actual day actually ends. Or it could be a blink of an eye. And it's not really you're getting older or younger faster than anyone else. It's just that for whatever you're doing, time is moving at a different pace. And finding that right pace is what I think people unknowingly try to strive for, is like finding your pace in life. I don't know. I'm not a therapist. I'm going a little deeper. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe Sunny Boy did reach me in places I wasn't aware of because you know, coming into this podcast, I was like, what am I going to talk about today? I was like, I really don't understand Sunny Boy. But now that I'm kind of going spitballing here, um, I'm kind of like, oh, maybe some things did stick with me. Yeah, because I mean, in the end, and maybe like, I, I don't want to keep 
giving examples from Sunny Boy anymore because it, I could just get an endless loop of essentially trying to find examples and finding meaning from it. But in the end, it, it, it comes down to what you said, right? Like your takeaway, what Sunny Boy is, is like your own experience. Like you have different takeaways from the other person that watches it. So whatever your te- takeaway is, that is the definition of Sunny Boy to you. And that's what it is. And I think that's what makes the show really unique in the end. Yep, I agree with you there. And I know we've given a lot of references in Sunny Boy and maybe to our personal selves. Overall, I mean, I don't know if you wanted to touch anything on the ending or I was thinking at this, this is, this is one of our first reviews after defining our scale system. We probably should give a, a rating on our one to five scale system, right? Yeah, I mean, okay. So like, I, I guess if we go through the different categories, all right, let's let's just go through them quickly here. What's your take on animation? We're giving like four points, right, to animation. Like, how I much give would you it a give? Four. Okay, I would so give it a four. you get four a four out of four. Four out of five. Oh, oh, you want to give points? Okay, so yeah, we we said four points. I'd give it three points then. Three points out of four. Okay, and then that makes sense. How about like characters? The characters are a miss for me. Like I said, I don't really think it's about the characters. I think it's more about how I felt. I think you could remove some characters, you could put more characters in, and it's not going to really add or take away from the show. And for that reason, uh, what did we say characters were four again? Yeah, I think four again. I'd give it a two. Okay, so like two and three. Okay. And then how about music? Music slash score. Music was pretty good. I actually kind of liked Sunny Boy's music. I'd give it a, I'd give it a four. I think with the music, without the music, Sunny Boy wouldn't be what it was. It's really interesting because music is actually like pretty non-existent, but I actually think that's what makes it good because it almost creates like this like bare bones, like you live on an island kind of feeling. So that I totally agree that the music is really good. And then I guess like the big one is the plot here, right? Like everything is kind of riding on the plot. I would give it, I think we gave eight points to plot. So no, that would be 12 already, right? That would be like, I I forgot our score. You know what? What was it? Yeah, it's like, it's like plot. (laughs) I forget what we gave plot six points. Yeah, I think six points. points. I think out of six, six, I'd give it a four. I'd give it four out of six. All right. I think animation characters are both four. Plot is a six. I think music was a two, I think. So you give two out of two for music, right? Yeah, two out of two. And then I think the last area was like personal enjoyment. And that was a four? I think that gives us like... 20, right? Yeah. I a person enjoyment would be a one while watching it. <laughs> one while watching it. I, I mean, I, I don't know how to explain it. I did not enjoy watching it. All right, tallying it up. I enjoyed talking about, and that's my person. I enjoy talking about it. I enjoy the story, but I don't say I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. All right, so tallying it up, you gave it a three for characters. Or sorry, three for animation, plus four for characters. Four out of four, right? No, the characters were two out of four. Oh, two out of four. So that's five. And then out of six points for plot, you gave four, right? Four. Four for plot. Okay, so five plus not four equals nine. And then with music, you got 11. And then for personal enjoyment, a one. So you got 12 out of 20, which is... So, I mean, like, I guess, like, on your scale, it will be a two out of five in the end. Three out of five, right? Well, a, a C will be a three out of five. 
This well, is... if we're going by this point system now, that's three out of five. That's right. 12 oh, out of 20. Oh, oh I, see, I see. I see. I see. Like the dead middle. All right. All right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. Three out of five in the end, which is like average. So it's an average show. I think I don't, I don't want to give like my whole breakdown of it, but I, I like basically did the math in the end. Like it's a four out of five for me. Um, I do think it was really good. And I do think like looking back at it now, like it should have been something that was considered for anime of the year, but I don't think it was anime of the year just cause I don't think it's easy for people to digest. Like I do think there has to be some level of weight that needs to be put in for a show that's like easy for an audience. Right. And like my experience from it was great, but I don't see it being great for everyone. That's that's what it kind of came, came down to. It's not a five out of five just because of that reason. But for me, I do think it's like a above average show. Yeah, I think it's above average. Um, I don't I still don't know if I really like it, but hey, that's my problem, not yours. <laughs> and no one listening needs to agree with me. Uh, and I did watch it in segments, so I do think that took away from maybe the experience I had. I think I watched the first six or seven episodes. I took like a break, and then I fin- finished the uh, uh, the rest in, I think, two or three days. And f- because I took that break, I think I forgot what had happened. But anyways, I guess that wraps it up for Sunny Boy. Um, at least that's my take on it. For those who haven't watched it, it's very difficult to watch, in my opinion. Not for everyone, like we've kind of discussed before. Uh, but if you're looking for something interesting, mysterious, you want to dig deep into an anime, it's a pretty short in terms of being only 12 episodes. And I think some people might really enjoy it. Others might hate it. It really just depends on your personal taste. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I hope no one disagreed too much with us on that Sunny Boy take. Uh, again... I don't think there's right or wrong takes on this. I think any, everyone is free to their own opinion. Uh, there's definitely not going to be agreements. And just seeing the range of reviews and comments on Reddit, my anime list, uh, there's a lot of different takes and pers- personal opinions. So everyone teach their own. And if you decide to watch it, let us know what you think. If you hate it, let us know what you think. And if you like it, tell us what we're missing and maybe why. I'm actually really curious to hear other people's thoughts. Yeah, it'll be cool to see everyone's thoughts and like the comments section so feel free to comment okay well maybe in the last 10 minutes or so why don't we jump to something easy to follow easy for me to follow i don't know about everyone else but pretty big week in terms of the anime community and the scene uh we had the final episode of 86 come out we had jujutsu kaisen zero's release jjk zero and I think Vanitas, Ranking of Kings, both hit their climax. It's pretty interesting. A lot of good anime. And then in my personal side, I also went to the Attack on Titan Museum exhibit in Singapore. So that was really interesting. Maybe you want to give us a rundown or rundown on the 86 Ranking of Kings and the Vanitas stuff because I haven't watched any of it. Yeah, so, man, it was it was a crazy day. Seeing the ending to 86, I am just mind blown. I totally forgot that about the break that they took. I was actually angered for a while. You know, how could they take this break? Like, it's going to ruin the show. But after watching the last episode, I watched it twice, actually. And it's very there's very few anime where I watch the episode twice right after the episode finishes. But I just literally rewinded it and rewatched it again. It was that good. It, it made me feel some type of way that I haven't felt in a while in terms of the sense of closure that I was looking for 
the sense of happiness to see something conclude and, and just feel like I watched a really good anime. And last time in our ratings, you asked me about the score and I said, oh, the score wasn't wasn't too good. I'm completely wrong. I was in the wrong. I, I should be... Sh- I should be shamed for for that uh, review because the score is what made that last episode amazing. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. I don't know. There's no other words I have to describe the last episode of '86 except "wow," like just "w o w." Wow, like it, it hits hard. And if you haven't caught up with '86 now that it's complete, I'd highly recommend doing so. Again, it doesn't really follow the night lo- night law lo- the light novel completely. But 86 season two, core two, whatever you want to call it, is amazing. And honestly, I don't even know if it can be up for anime of the year anymore because, but if there is episode of the year, that might be my episode of the year right now. Yeah, I don't think it will be up for anime of the year anymore. But in the end, like, I'll go watch 86. And I just wanted to finish because it was just kind of dragging out in season two at some point. But I mean, it's good to hear that they did well, especially after making fans away for like three months. If they flopped it, it would have been really bad. So looking forward to kind of seeing how it rounds out. Yeah. And once you watch it, you know, we can have a review on 86. I don't want to give any spoilers now. So, I, you know, more homework, more homework on you do. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that homework. You know, if you have a busy week, we don't got to talk about it next week. We can always talk about it. I can rewatch it. And, you know, it's kind of interesting there's a lot of things I do want to talk about, but you know, actually, I'm just not going to spoil anything for right now. You can tell how happy I am just talking about it, <laughs> but it is an anime I liked and I wanted for anime of the year. And, you know, I have some bias here and I'm just happy to see it complete. But jumping over Vanitas, uh, I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you, but I tried downloading a few episodes on the plane ride. I accidentally downloaded them in dubbed and my experience was so sad. I couldn't watch it and I just thought the show was terrible. Going back to subbed, I realized the subbed is really what makes this show so great. It really is a lot of the voice acting and, you know, the the emotions that are portrayed in the voice acting in Vanitas. But the storyline itself is at a climax right now. It's really good. The artwork is superb. And they're really going into the backstory a lot of Vanitas himself, as well as, you know, wh- why he is the way he is and just... I love seeing backstories and when you get into the climax and you get into those backstories... I always find it very interesting. And that's why right now I think Vanitas is, you know, at a peak in the show. You're really learning about a lot of the questions you had in the first half. And, you know, if they tie this up well, I think Vanitas' score has a really high chance to increase. And now on the other side, Ranking of Kings. Ranking of Kings is actually wrapping up the climax. And I love Ranking of Kings. It was a great episode. Uh, great story overall, like we've talked about. It's also... A brilliant show in terms of the artwork the story the plot how it's kind of wrapping up i'm not too sure i'm happy with the last episode or so i don't fully understand it but like vanitas they also go into the backstory of the antagonist and what who the real problem is in ranking of kings and you know this might go on more than just this current season because there's a lot of questions and problems that still exist Um, that the show needs to cover eventually and i hope it gets renewed but ranking kings is just another show that once you start getting into these climatic episodes it's hard to stop so i binged everything and i was very happy with kind of the second half of ranking kings but 
I'm not sure if it's as good as the first half for me. Um, and maybe that's because they're trying to tie it up in the last few episodes, but I feel like it got a little rushed. And on that end, I think Ranking Kings might actually, you know, go down a ranking or two, maybe overall. Yeah, I haven't watched either. I felt like Ranking Kings wasn't going to finish um, finish by the end of the second season, but maybe they're trying to wrap it up. I'm not sure, but they're both good, right? And I need to watch Finding Dust too, so I'll watch all three by some point. Yeah, so that's my quick rundown on three of the big anime that I watched this week and where I felt. In all, it was a very good week for me in anime. I was one of the best weeks I've had in a while. And part of that reason is because I went to go see JJK Zero in theaters today. I think you did as well. We won't get into that. It's too early to talk about it, but we've done we've done our homework already. We got it out of the way. It's like finishing that early. But I don't even think it was homework. Dude, that was like dessert. That was like ice cream. I was... I was just happy to be in the theater. I don't know how you felt, but I liked it a lot. And, you know, maybe in another episode, we can talk about what our comparison to JJK and Demon Slayer are. I I don't know if it's a hot take, but dude, JJK might be a lot better than Demon Slayer. I, yeah, I don't think we need to talk about JJK Zero because I don't want to spoil it to people that haven't watched it. But from a high level perspective, I think JJK Zero, the movie, is significantly better than Demon Slayer Mugen Russia. Mugen Nishahan. Like, significantly. I don't even think it's even close. Which is kind of funny because I kind of shit on JJK for a long time now. <laughs> but JJK Zero and reading the manga, for me, man, it it kind of like pains me to say this, but I think it's significantly better than Demon Slayer. The time has come. <laughs> the time has come. Yeah. We've the the king has been crowned. The ranking of kings is is happening. The time has it's come. It's upon us. The time has come for my new shonen king of the current generation. It's uh, it like pains me to say this, but to be in the end, I I do think Demon Slayer is entertaining, but I do think Ufo Table is just hard carrying the shit out of that show right now especially for like the Mugen train arc. And because of that, I, I, I just don't know. JJK's plot, the storytelling, the fact that the movie actually felt like a movie alone, like a standalone story was significantly better than Demon Slayer. And it, it's like slightly disappointing for me to say that, but at the same time, it's come. It, 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 it's time for a new king. <laughs> It was an outstanding movie. And for those who haven't watched it, go do yourself a favor and just give it a watch. It was quite, quite the movie. Yeah, it's kind of sad because I don't think box office wise it's not going to do as well, right, as Demon Slayer. And I don't I don't even know if it would even crack like the top 10, to be quite honest with you, of like all time selling anime movies. But in the end, I hope people watch it it's great to see like anime movies be available in theaters like it's available for you in singapore it's available for me in the u.s this wasn't a thing like five years ago and kind of to give some credit here this might be the doing of demon slayer right like demon slayer really kind of or it's like a blend of a few movies i think it's like your name obviously 
then weathering with you then demon slayer has like really kind of cracked the boundaries of just going global with anime movies so it's like you know thank goodness those three movies came out thank goodness they released it globally and that and now thank goodness we're getting jjk zero because jjk zero was just like it was good it was just it was, it was god it's it's so painful it's so painful for me to say jjk is actually really good <laughs> Don't worry, man. We're we're slowly converting you into a shonen stan. I'm I don't know about being a shonen stan, but JJK is just like at least the comparison between JJK and Demon Slayer. I feel like the margins are just getting bigger and bigger as we get down the line, or as we like kind of just keep progressing. But the only thing I would say though is I do think UFO Table is still better animation than Mappa is. Oh, 100%. I mean, this doesn't compare to the animation that UFO Table had. But that we will save for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We won't go too deep into it, but hopefully people watch JJK Zero because like, people going to the theaters is only going to help us get more movies in the theaters. So. Right, right. So that was my week in terms of watching anime. Uh, anything? I know you were grinding out Sunny Boy. You had a busy week, so you probably didn't get to catch up on anything else yeah <laughs> in conclusion um you know the weekly anime rankings you know still relatively the same to aot's up there 86 is up there dress up darling surprisingly is that number three and number two usually mushoku tensei is still up there i, I did it did something else come out i don't i don't know if either that or it's just been hovering up there no the the ova came out from mushoku tensei i think this week so I think that's why it's in the list, but if it it wasn't originally in the list beforehand until this came out. I see. Okay, so I guess the OVA is really good. I don't know. I I don't know. I just know, you know, Mushoku Tensei is just popular, right? So I'm sure just a lot of people would just watched it. Right, right. Yep. And then Ranking Kings is five for those are the episodes of the week. Um, for the top five, JJK is six, but you know, just came out. I don't think that's a fair rating. And then I'm going to stop at number seven because I got to always stop at number seven, which is Genius Prince's Guide oh to Raising a Nation. Oh, my God. Out of debt. Just, let's just go to the next season, please. Spring 2022. But, uh, yeah, maybe I want to... I keep saying one last thing, but this is for real my last thing. If anyone listening to this podcast is in Singapore and you like Attack on Titan, go check out this exhibit at the Art Science Museum. It is amazing um i haven't been to many exhibits before i've been to normal art museums um normal art exhibits but never an anime related one and this was the most favorite my the fa- most favorite exhibit i don't even think that's correct grammar but of all time <laughs> like hands down it was awesome i always shit on alt but this this gave me a lot of appreciation for alt um and i think thank god i appreciate it a, a lot more after you know going to this exhibit and seeing a lot of the detail that went into this show. And I think it's because I just watched the anime that a lot was lost, but seeing the raw, the raw manga chapters, the raw artwork that went into it. And there's a lot of quotes in this exhibit to describe what the author and the writer were thinking when they drew and wrote every single scene and seeing it in that form makes me appreciate it a lot more and honestly i think that's just probably true for any anime if you can understand what the writer or the 
uh, animation studios thinking about, it brings extra value. Um, anyways, I don't want to spoil the exhibit. If anyone is in Singapore, though, I recommend going checking it out. It's it's a fun exhibit. Hopefully, it comes to all the other places because I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate it. I I think so, but I think it's gonna be a while. And the reason I say that is the ending is in the exhibit. I didn't know the ending. Now <laughs> I know the ending. <laughs> um, there was a guy saying, "Close your eyes if you don't want to know the ending." Around the corner is the ending. And I was like, I'm in this exhibit. I might as well commit and understand the ending. But but now I know the ending. So well, the ending comes out in like a week or something. So like, the exhibit can start making the transition <laughs> to other places after that. Yeah. So I guess we'll see how it continues on. And um, yeah, I think AOT has gone up in my heart. And I have a lot more appreciation for that. So anyone else who listened previously who banned our podcast because of my AOT comments, rest assured, you can re-listen. I have a newfound appreciation for AOT. I even bought a sticker. I didn't want to buy a manga set, even though it was coming with a poster because it was like $150. But I bought a sticker. That's something, right? We have regained all the JJK and AOT fans that we have lost throughout this podcast because this is just us repenting our sins for calling those shows mid <laughs> uh okay well that'll do it for me um i think it's been a bit back and forth between some deep conversations with sunny boy kind of diving deep in real life but i'm always happy to do that like pull an anime and into something real life and something tangible that you can maybe see in your in yourself and reflect upon and that's always interesting to see so other than that i have nothing else and i hope next week we all have very happy thoughts with AOT and all these other good anime that are continuously coming out. But until then, I guess I'll see you next week. All right. Peace out, weeboos.